Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. I, I think it's fairly safe to say that of the Texans' free agents, their free agents that are about to hit the market in the next couple weeks, barring an extension from the team, the one that's going to probably command the most money, the one that's going to be the most marquee, may have the most suitors too, is Jonathan Grenard. Jonathan Grenard, defensive end, had his best season by far, 12 and a half sacks. When he was healthy, he looked like a Pro Bowl defensive end this year. Played the pass, played the run, really good locker room guy. I think in a, you know, in a perfect world, the Texans would probably like to keep Jonathan Grenard. Unfortunately, yeah. Seth, yeah. if we are to believe these free agency rankings, like I looked, the ESPN ones that I cited earlier in the show have him as the 21st best free agent. Randy Mueller of The Athletic, former GM for the Dolphins and the Saints, has his list of his top 150 free agents. He's got Grenard 11th on oh, his yeah. list. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like not the 11th best defensive end, like the 11th best free agent, and that includes all the guys who are probably going to get franchise tagged. You know, like Chris Jones is up near the top. Ryan Burns, I think, is at the very top of the list. I'm opening it up right now. Um, I mean, you you get through 10 names, and then there's Jonathan Grenard across the entire NFL. So for Texan fans who were hoping for, hey, man, I think we can probably keep him for three years, 45, 50 million, you know, 15 to 17 million a year. I don't know, man. If the rankings I'm looking at are accurate, Jonathan Grenard is going to be a whole lot pricier than $15, $16 million a year. Yeah, the, the thing about Grenard that when people break him down on film, they're going to see is, okay, this guy's kind of been maybe hidden in Houston on, a, on, a, on an impertinent defense for a few years. But, wow, when he got in a situation where they were actually competing – and like this guy was a rushing the passer really well. It's not just it's not like this is the difference. Sometimes a guy will burst out and get like twelve or thirteen sacks, and then you look at it and you realize like okay, wow, this is just one of those years where he stumbled into some sacks. And it, like it's a classic example of why people will say that sacks are overrated or what have you, because sometimes that does happen. It, that wasn't the case with John Grenard this year. His his pass rush win rate on ESPN was sixth best in the league amongst edge players. Mm. So Will Anderson was third. I was going to say. Uh, John Grenard was sixth, just behind Jadevian Clowney, just ahead of Hassan Reddick. Um, and he was uh, and, and he was double teamed a, a fair amount, you know, like, uh, you know, almost 20%. Like, he was amongst the most double teamed edge players in the league. So I think a lot of people are going to look at that and realize, like, all right, well, these sacks were not a fluke. He was rushing the passer really well. And you yeah. watch it, I mean, you watch film and you see, yeah, he was rushing the passer really well. But that he also gives a damn about stopping the run. He's not, he's not a big dude. He's not a run-stopping, like, classic hybrid defensive end type of dude. But he's very willing to do it and he cares about it. Like, he's composed of the right kind of stuff. So, I think a lot of teams will look at Jonathan Gennard and say, all right, I'm concerned about the injuries. But you know what I'm not concerned about? Like, whether he's going to keep playing hard after... He gets paid. Yeah. Like he's, he's like, he very much is that kind of guy that is going to play hard, whether he's making $20,000 a year or $20 million a year. Yes. And that's big. That's when you're, when you're talking about dishing out tens of millions of dollars to somebody, 
it's sometimes a lot more comforting to think about a Jonathan Grenard than it is maybe even like a Josh Allen from the the Jaguars. Yep. Um, so that, that's that's it's going to be tough to get him at a discount. Yeah. I think there's going to be somebody out there that's willing to take a, a flyer on John Grenard. I do too. It's a really it's a, it's a complicated situation with Grenard. Okay, because the the franchise tag at that position is is like I want to say twenty two, twenty three million a year at defensive end, and I feel like. I don't know. Like if I if the Texans franchise tag Jonathan Grenard, I think Grenard would probably be cool with that. Like I think he he's a former third round pick, you know, who made you know probably a million and change last year, and now all of a sudden he's getting twenty three million dropped in his lap. To I get it, have another prove it year, but it's fully guaranteed, and he's doing it with the team in a defense that he knows he thrives in. There's no changes. Yeah. That's the thing about a lot of these guys, man. And I'm watching. I'm seeing some of these guys, like Brevin Jordan, tweeting about it this week. And you've heard Nico Collins talk about it. But you got to realize, man, like some of these guys, and I, and I know Brevin and Nico are still with the team for at least another year. But if Grenard were to come back, like these are guys who their only experience in the NFL is change. It's change at head coach. It's change at coordinator. It's change yeah. at position coach. It's sometimes change at GM. You know, if they were here back in 2020 when O'Brien was here. Um, there's guys on this team now that are experiencing for the first time in their professional football lives, the first time in three or four years, what it's like to have the same group of guys in the locker room, in the yeah. coaches room, in the front office. And and there may be value in Grenard. Like if Grenard got franchise tagged, I don't think the Texans are going to do it because that's a big chunk of money to eat up. Mm-hmm. But I think it's on the table. I think the the contract that Texans fans have to get ready for that might seem crazy because uh, Hendricks uh, uh, Grenard's is a classic kind of guy where it's called like the girl next door phenomenon almost where like oh all of a sudden you know we we took we took his glasses off and uh, took the ponytail out of his hair and uh, it's, uh, oh gosh he's beautiful that's exactly what you're getting with John Grenard you don't quite want to believe that he, he he's as good as he is. Trey Hendrickson, I think, was a guy who similarly had spent his first few years like nondescript, then had a big year right before free agency. His deal was four years, $84 million. He averaged, uh, no, that can't be with right. The ba- with the Bengals you're talking about? That's not right at all, yeah. Sorry, I have the wrong contract in front of me. Four years, $60 million okay. with the Bengals. Um, so we got about 15. Now that was a few, that was a couple years ago. That was 2021. Yeah. But I think like, that's very possible that Grenard's going to get 15 plus million per year. I think he will. I, yeah. I, I think, I think he will. And I think it's the fact that it's not just that the 12 and a half sacks were not fluky 12 and a half sacks, but he, yeah. he's a three down guy. Like he's, you know, you can plunk him out there and, and yeah. feel good that regardless of what the opposing team is doing. I mean, so that's where, like when we start to get excited about some of the potential free agency pickups and what have you. Like if if Grenard leaves, you got to replace him somehow. You do, and so that's when if they let Grenard walk, then I would start to anticipate perhaps one of these edge rushers that's a free agent. And there's some good guys out there. Um, that one of these guys who's a potential free agent, uh, the Texans might have their sights on, mm-hmm. and uh, and then if they don't do that, I would feel like it's a slam dunk guarantee that they're going for a defensive lineman in the first round. Yeah, the, the I mean the big names I just sorted on edge: Brian Burns, Daniel Hunter. Josh Allen, Zadarius Smith, then Grenard, Bryce Huff, more of a pass rush specialist, Leonard Floyd, a little older, Chase Young, uh-uh. What about your Devion Clowney, Seth? Would you bring Clowney? Ah! <laughs> the only problem with Clowney is, like, I, I think he was a perfect player for Baltimore, where they've got a very defined culture, yeah. and it has been that way for decades. And Clowney could kind of come in and be his Clowney self, and didn't uh, I don't did he even participate in training camp? I can't remember when I, the actual I signing was. I don't know was. if he did or not. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. So like he was the perfect signing for Baltimore. Yeah. I would I wouldn't be surprised. I know Baltimore's got salary cap difficulties. I'll say constraints, but I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe signs back with Baltimore towards training camp at yeah. some point. Yeah, he he's a he's a one year mercenary now. He's made a good living of doing it. I um, yeah, I think that's perfect for him. I do too. I, I like. Like I was getting a little annoyed at people outside of Houston who were saying Clowney's never played like this in his career before. Like, no, he had like a three-year stretch of playing like that. It's just that at that point he was still a bust in many people's eyes as a number one overall pick. Yeah. So you didn't want to recognize it. Now as a journeyman, 
It's incredible what he's doing. He's never been like this before. Like, no, he was like that with the Texans. It just, uh, it just, it was in a different context. Yeah, he was still trying to live up to the hype of being the number one overall pick. He is what he is now. There's a big drop off on this Randy Mueller list from Grenard to the next Houston Texan. Grenard eleventh on the lot on the top one fifty, and then you get three Texans within five of each other in the late sixties here. Dalton Schultz sixty four, Blake Cashman sixty eight, Stephen Nelson sixty nine. Would you do a franchise tag for Dalton Schultz, Seth? It's twelve million bucks. No, because I think I mean that's two years of his current salary. So no, I wouldn't give him a. I would I would say yeah, he played for six million dollars this year. I mean, if you, I felt he overachieved his contract this year. Do you think he was? Yeah. Do you think he was worth less than six? Do you think he was right in line with six million bucks this year? I mean, sixty catches. Um. Yeah. No. Yeah. I guess it was a very good deal for the Texans. Yeah. So yeah, he he, he overperformed that. Um. He's just in a tricky scenario where I feel like teams aren't going to game plan for him, and he takes advantage of that. Yeah. It's he's never going to be a guy that like needs to be accounted for, but he's also then very adept at taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that is. That's a like it's a, it's a it, maybe it's a sneaky sly strength that. You, but I just can't see franchise tagging him. I know it's only $12 million. If you franchise tag him and then you turn around and he signs a three-year deal, then I'm all for it. Um, but if you pay for $12 million of one year of Dalton Schultz, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not willing to pay. I'd much rather have um, – I'd just go ahead and draft somebody. Yeah. I, I, like Everything that's awesome about Schultz and the connection he has with, yeah. with C.J. Stroud and everything, yes, that's cool, and it's great to see. But let's remember that C.J. was able to form that – that connection with several guys sure. in less than a year when he was just a rookie quarterback. Yeah. I trust that he's going to be able to form connections with other people. He had too. Noah Brown looking like uh, Jerry Rice for a couple of weeks in a row there. Yeah. Well, a buck yeah. 50 and a buck 75 with Noah Brown in back to back weeks. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, as one of our listeners got really upset when we talked about Dalton Schultz the other day and didn't mention his drops in the playoffs. Yeah. All right. We, we can talk about the drops in the playoffs. Sure. I mean, like, yeah, I don't need to be spending. He's like the, the old story of Edison and the assistant dropping the light bulb there in that first game. Yeah, throw it to him again. We'll just keep throwing <laughs> to him until he stops dropping. There you go. He stopped eventually. Hey, your tungsten. He stopped eventually. Uh, yeah. Blake Cashman, 68th. Steven Nelson, 69th. Then Texas. Okay. I was surprised Sheldon Rankins was as low on this list as he was. 139th on the f- top 150 free agency list. Is there even a blurb about him? Sheldon Rankins. Uh, just in the list I, section I, I, where it's There's blurbs on everybody. I'll find it if there okay. is. But are you like 139? So I don't know. I mean, like without. I feel like George Fant. I think George Fant outperformed uh, what people are willing to see in him. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the maybe the early season where it was he was mostly more the preseason than anything where he was struggling to adapt. Yeah. Um. I I would love to be able to keep him around as a swing tackle. I wish that they wouldn't have given Titus Howard eighteen million a year, and I would have just kept George Fant on a you know kind of a cheapo veteran deal to be the right tackle. Go spend that eighteen million somewhere else. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, Steven Nelson's the one that I think we just, I, I don't know. I feel like we're all in denial about the fact that he played well this year and that he is a free agent because we're still, I, I think we're still all wondering about exactly what happened this summer where I, I know he explained it on his podcast. We played the audio. It still doesn't make any sense that he thought he was worth so much more than he was getting. And so now he's a free agent. I don't think that the Texans are going to blow him away with whatever he thinks he's worth re- immediately right out of the gate. So at some point, they're going to have to try to, again, though, like they found a Steven Nelson when he was out there and didn't have to pay him a whole bunch of money. I think you can find another Steven Nelson. Here's what he says about Sheldon Rankin, Seth. Randy Mueller is he, uh, former GM, top 150 free agents. Rankins has a strong all-around skill set, providing versatility in where he can align and his style of play. Horrible sentence structure. He's agile and can get an edge as an inside rusher. He also plays well with his hands and shows good range, even outside the tackle box. His effort and anticipation remain strengths as he enters his ninth season. All right, nothing but nice things to say about Sheldon Rankins there. You know who he's got ranked uh, at 124, so not high at all, except it's a name that you see and notice a lot is Drew Tranquil, the linebacker out of Kansas City. Notre Dame guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he flashes a lot in big moments and in like I, I wonder how much of 
you know, playing in a different style of defense, they blitz a ton, but he spends a lot of time behind the line of scrimmage. He was a safety in college. Yeah. So he's yeah. And, and I think he was a safety for the Chargers, too. I mean, I think, I think Steve Spagnolo found kind of the, the perfect type of role for him in that defense. And you're right. He's, Nine and a half sacks. He's way down that QB list. Hits, yeah. 17 tackles for a loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, ESPN's free agency rankings, well, they were, they were rankings plus destinations for these guys. And Mike Evans has been a huge topic on this and other shows over the last several weeks, really, but the last couple days, big time. Um, they had Evans as the 12th-rated free agent, Seth, and his destination, Carolina. If Mike Evans wound up in if – there, if there was a Schefter tweet at the beginning of free agency with as many Texan fans as are fixated on Mike Evans coming here to Houston, and he were to wind up in Carolina with Bryce Young – I think there, I, I think there would be like a little bit of backlash on the Texans if he were to wind up playing with Bryce Young in Carolina. That somehow Mike Evans, would, even though the Texans may have just not wanted Mike Evans, you know, yeah. like that somehow the narrative would be that how did Carolina sell Mike Evans on coming here to play with Bryce Young when he could have come here to play with C.J. Stroud? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like. I don't. Do you feel like people are? I feel like people are excited about Mike Evans until you start to actually look at the roster. And realize, okay, there's areas where we need to improve and strengthen. Like, I don't think the Texans are at a point right now where you say, hey, forget about all the other holes on the roster. Let's have a super strength in one part of the roster and and forego all those other parts that will just negate this super strength. I agree with you on this. There are many people who agree with or disagree with both of us on this that think that Mike Evans is a no-brainer. And I'm saying solely if he wound up in Carolina. Like, if he winds up back with Tampa, then you shrug your shoulders. Like, all right, we just want to stay in Tampa. If he winds up playing with the worst team in football with Bryce Young, I think there's going to be Texan fans like, what the hell? <laughs> He's playing in Carolina. Come on now, Texans. Um, now maybe the Carolina will have money whipped him. I just thought the visual of that, of seeing Mike Evans' destination as the Carolina Panthers was, Look, was something. Mike Evans has done a really good job of, like, um... I think a he does. I think he would love to come back and play at home. He showed up at the Texans game wearing an Astros jersey. You know, I'm I'm guessing that wasn't well received back in Tampa. Yeah. Or it's one of those things where they try not to think about it. You know, like hey, we love Mike Evans, yeah. and we're just not going to think about the fact that they're that they've got an as that he's wearing an Astros jersey um, in NRG Stadium. But I do also think that he's probably pretty smart about playing the game and uh, <laughs> you know creating that. Putting that, planting that seed in the Texans' mind. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, hometown kid. All um, right. the, boy, that maybe didn't get enough run. Like if, like if Andre Johnson went to a Miami Heat game, or if, Miami, no, if, Andre, if Andre Johnson back in the day when he was approaching free agency, let's say, what would the equivalent have been? Andre Johnson showing up with a Miami Marlins jersey on or something like that? Like, uh, you know, just repping Miami? You know, like... Back in the day, would we have said anything about that, or would we just if he had let that showed go? up like as a rookie? No, 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 and it, like in, like at the same stage of his career where Evans is now, you know, yeah. like because Evans is heading into free agency. I think there's a lot of Tampa Bay fans like, oh crap, he's going to Houston. Look, he's yeah. wearing this Astros jersey. Yeah, I wonder how we would have reacted back in the day if, if like wearing a, a, Andre's yeah. wearing a Marlins jersey or a Miami Heat jersey or something like that in Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Going, going, you know, walking into Dolphin Stadium there in a Miami Heat jersey or something. Yeah, like that. I know it's a, it's a kind of a weird nod to the the opposing team city that doesn't need to be done. Yeah, and yet I feel like both those guys were kind of like Andre would have been and Mike Evans is at a stage where it's like, all right, well, he, I mean, they're legends. Like I'm not. We're not going to call him out on the radio over it or anything. Right, like that. right, yeah. Like they've yeah. got immunity for that sort of thing. Yeah, you just kind of. But why um, the hell are you yeah, doing it, man? It's the same way. It's the same way when your athletes might not be the same, uh, like political persuasion or whatever. Even yeah. if they're vocal about it, you're like, oh, all right, whatever. I can separate it. Damn it, I'm a true American. Yep. I can separate. I can separate the voting booth from how I feel about the person personally. Right, America. Right. Right. <laughs> can we get a little bit of that? My God. <laughs> All right, is, exactly. Um, is this particular NFL head could this NFL head coach take a lesson from D'Amico Ryan's in phraseology? We will have that for you coming up next. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you on a, uh, on a Wednesday. All right. Um, I don't know if Mike Florio is lurking and you're going to say things about maybe physically affecting one of the NFL's meal tickets. I guess you better be careful. Florio's got that speed trap out there for guys like Antonio Pierce, Seth. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Pierce on the Max Crosby podcast. And yeah, he, uh, this was Antonio Pierce talking about what they need to do to take care of business with, uh, with, the, with the Kansas City Chiefs lurking. We've got to win the division first, man. We've got to knock yeah. off the team in red. Yeah. They've been dominating for seven years. We've got to knock off the head. Of the snake. Yeah. 15. Yeah. So, 15. Uh, so, you know, knock off the head of the snake, cut the snake's head off, whatever it might be. Uh, it's a metaphor, right? It doesn't, like, he's not sitting here advocating, <laughs> like, actually chopping off Pat Mahomes' Until that's head. a Florio, man. Yeah, yeah. Florio did not like the verbiage, as well as a few other things that we'll play. Like, I... I I have a feeling that almost every single NFL fan is a okay with what Antonio oh. Pierce said just there. Yeah, and and the, considering who it is on the other end yeah. of it, yeah, this is just to set the stage. This is uh, this is Mike Florio on whether or not the NFL will get involved. Will it get the league's attention? I asked the league. The league had no comment. It's the kind of thing that, in the past, has gotten the league's attention. Gerard Warren. When he was with the Browns in 2004, said of Ben Roethlisberger, then in his rookie year with the Steelers, kill the head and the body dies. And the league sent out a strongly worded warning to the Browns. So I can't imagine the league not making the point to the Raiders, either now or as they get ready to play the Chiefs. So, like, this was off like a three and a half minute uh, diatribe about how you know Antonio Pierce said out loud what everybody says in private, but the the league's got to care about this because, damn it, you're talking about hitting the quarterback. I I think the league should love stuff like this. Yeah, I think you know how I feel. We got more Antonio Pierce that's coming up in just a minute. I think the league should love stuff like this. Anything that adds juice to some of these rivalries, um, it, you know, any I, I think. Of all the professional sports, the NFL has done the best job of maintaining rivalries in an environment where free agency just rips at the heart of it, you know, with guys changing teams all the time. The NBA, there's nothing left of rivalries. Guys, are, yeah. you know, there's there's all world-level players that are on, like, their fifth or sixth different team. The even, NFL, even, the, the yeah. NFL at, least through, at least through keeping major faces on the same team, for the most part, it's gotten a little more NBA-like, but I think even more, too, just the way the divisions are structured and geography – and, and 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 the fact that the league has a great tradition too has done a pretty good job of maintaining those rivalries. But I think stuff like this is great. I think it accentuates it. It adds some juice to it. It's uh, it's it's getting it's it's bulging at the seams a little bit because of all these damn jersey swaps. It's one of the dumbest things that people do. Oh yeah, these, these players just swapping their jerseys yes. after the game. I despise it. <laughs> okay, I hate it. I do Tony Vaselli and I talked about this. Like Vaselli, I was like Tony, what are you like? Uh, seriously. 
Uh, what do you think about these jersey swaps? And he uh, he hates it. He hated the guy. And Tony, Tony is a very spiritual, religious dude. Mm-hmm. Very devout. But he knows that he knows there's a place for sports hatred. And uh yeah, I don't they I, I think that we're kind of maybe the pendulum swinging back the other way now that like some of the guys are able to say stuff publicly on their podcast and everything that anger other people. So Antonio Pierce is trying to foster this genuine hatred for the Chiefs. And you might say, hatred, Seth, is that a little strong? No, no. This is Antonio Pierce describing what he did leading into the game last year uh, where the, the Raiders beat the Chiefs. We already given a recipe of how to do it. These guys know what it's like. And Max know exactly how we built up that week, what I was doing to build up that week, to hate the color red. <laughs> like, we, we saw red, we hate red. Yeah, that's right. Like, it was on that kind of level, right? Yeah, yeah. And I told him there's a difference between dislike and hatred. Mm-hmm. There's a hatred for the Chiefs. Like you got to truly dislike and hate this individual team. I love it. And I think, you know, this this popped into my head quite a bit this weekend, Seth, in light of the NBA All-Star game. And the Worried way- that he might have some bloods on the team? No. No. Oh, okay. No. Um, so you got to no. clear it with the bloods first. I'm, talk- I'm talking about the hatred for the uh, like the the NFL like the the fact that the NFL is still a league where I think there is legitimate hatred between like legitimate sports hatred between certain teams between certain guys that guy the players are able to conjure up that level of hatred for their opponent yeah is something that I think I'm use the NBA as an example because we just watched a debacle of an All Star game we see guys sitting out a bunch of games in the regular season I think the NBA is completely devoid of that right now like there's yeah. no there's there's no killer instinct there's no hatred. They take the jersey swap culture and take it to the umpteenth level and just say, I'm just going to gang up with these guys and try to go win a championship with them. That's um, why you and I both like that Zaire Franklin podcast. And he's a. Yeah. Which, ironically enough, we love this as we're talking about hating the opponent. I love this Colts podcast, but it's like this player, he, he talks about how much he likes, he needs to hate his opponent. Yeah. And he doesn't like it when he starts to like him. I, I, like he, like he's, he's very distraught over the fact that he, he really wants to hate CJ Stroud, but CJ Stroud is such a good player that he admires him, but he has to hate him. Damn yeah. It. Like if you're asking me, like, okay, as we look at all these leagues, why is the NFL so dominant right now? And I think there's a lot of reasons, you know, like it, it's, it's woven into the fabric of our culture. There's a scarcity to it that the other sports don't have. There's only 17 weeks of it, and the postseason leaves you with this feeling, I can't, I can't believe football's over. But I think one of the most underrated things football has is the fact that that, the, that hatred that Pierce is talking about is also woven into the fabric of the sport, and it's something that aligns with how fans feel about yeah. opposition and how fans feel in the stadium on Sundays and things like that. There is still, despite the big, big money that keeps getting bigger, I still think there is maybe like an emotional connection with how the players feel about their, oppo- their the opposition the same way the fans feel about the opposition. Yeah. No, I mean, it's still like that. Like the teams still matter. Like it doesn't, it's as much as I think people think that kids all just follow their favorite athlete and everything. The team is still the thing that matters the most. Yeah. I'd even just go like, you know, like search engine optimization and everything. The team trumps the players all the time. Yes. No matter who it is, like other than the biggest quarterbacks, yeah. the team trumps the player for Always. the most part. Always. Like that's where it's just more, it drives more engagement and everything else. This is the part, um, this is the part that I think that, I, I think this is what got Antonio Pierce the job, honestly. This little tidbit right here, however this was framed and phrased to Mark Davis, I think Mark Davis heard this, this next little piece out of Antonio Pierce is exactly what Al Davis would have loved. This is Antonio Pierce on applying the Michael Jordan rules to Pat Mahomes. Oh, yes. You got the Jordan rules, and we, we, I'm calling now from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. Mm-hmm. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the 80s before he came, Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whoop his Anytime he came to the hole, elbows, yeah, filling them, yeah. love taps. We touched them. We in the head mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'm touching you. Mm-hmm. So I show those guys Jordan getting his whooped. <laughs> I, of all the cuts we've played from Antonio Pierce, that's the one Florio should have gone after right there because he's openly talking about physically – Harming yeah. Patrick Mahomes in some way. Yeah, yeah. You know, as you pointed out, they did it this year within the legalities of the sport. And yeah, but, but like still. that game that he was talking about, building it up to it, they didn't have any illegal hits in that. Yeah, game. Yeah, that's a great or point. Fines or anything. Yep. But yeah, but I think, I, like honestly, the 
I know, I know what Florio's thinking and hearing when he says that, but really, when it comes to a quarterback, look, you don't want to be getting flagged 15 yards every time, but there is that element of like every single opportunity to get you get to hit him, you make him uncomfortable. You know, like you make it like up to the very, very, very limits of the rule, you make him as uncomfortable as possible and make it miserable for him to operate. There's times today, honestly, where, especially when it comes to like the zone read game and everything, where quarterbacks should still be getting hit and they're not. Uh, and I think that I think some of that is like there's room for that. And I think also understanding, OK, when the quarterback is a runner, he sacrifices some of those protections. Just go ahead and give it to him. And if we want to test the limit on somebody faking a slide or something. Yeah, go ahead and see if you can get the rule change or something. We're going to take his head off on yep. that one. Yep. Um, the uh, I was, you know, the one thing about the Jordan rules that always falls flat when somebody brings it up is like, okay, ultimately that ended up making Jordan a better player. Well, yeah, that's like, the, yeah. <laughs> Jordan yeah. bulked up. They went to the triangle offense. Like they, uh, the, the Bulls did overcome the Jordan rules. The so, Jordan rules helped yeah. make Jordan great. Yeah, there. Yeah. Pierce is looking at the Jordan rules as some sort of preventative measure to bring Patrick Mahomes back down to earth. So it's yeah. it's not a perfect analogy, but I understand where he's. Where, where he's going with it. Uh, here's the thing, too, if I'm a Texan fan that, that you need to know, D'Amico Ryans is a whole hell of a lot like Antonio Pierce. They, they are very similar, in I think, in their belief system, but I think yeah. they're very different in how they articulate and deliver that belief system. Yeah, D'Amico, because he's just so mild-mannered and is always smiling and everything, he's the perfect assassin. He's a southern you gentleman. you would never see it coming. Yeah. 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 He's like the pleasant shoe salesman that shows up to the door and then kills you because you're a CIA <laughs> sp- a double agent. What? Right. It's exactly what I was thinking. It's for America. It's a Cold War, Sean. Yeah. And he justifies the means. Okay. It turns out this dude is a, a secret agent. He's been yeah. selling secrets to the commies. D'Amico's going to kill you. You got to you know? do. Yeah. I also recognize that, that maybe shoe salesmen don't go door to door. That would be your first hint that, uh, <laughs> that Not if you open the door. <laughs> that would be a red but, flag. Do you happen to be a size 12? Because <laughs> that's what I have. What year no? is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um that's funny uh well as you pointed out the texans there there were three players suspended for unnecessary roughness in the nfl this season texans had two of them denzel perryman yeah he was already in house who was the and other then one? they went out and signed cream jackson after he oh, his that's time. right i, I yeah. think of who the other one was <laughs> he actively they actively went out and got one of the guys i feel like at one point D'Amico wanted yes. everybody who had been suspended that year yes so like, like he does it and not a single person has caught on to it outside the city of Houston. Mm, mm. And so it's just like the, the, the Texans are going to be – they're going to be sneakily and quietly one of the most violent defenses in the league. Good. And uh, because D'Amico <laughs> – because Tamiko is such a solid dude that I don't think they'll ever receive the credit they deserve for it. Yeah, I think they'll 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 it'll be it'll flip the old dynamic on its head, and they'll actually be talking about all the uh, more cerebral parts of it instead of instead of actually giving credit for the the most violent parts of it. Who's game. the mo- okay? So if we're gonna uphold the mantle of violence here for the Texans, like who? Yeah. Is it Will Anderson? Is it, uh, is it Will's not violent enough? Will's <laughs> Will's. <laughs> Will's a beam of light. He is. I, yeah. He's yeah. nice, violent. He's, I think Will could get like 27. He's Merlin Olsen is what he is. Okay. You know? He's <laughs> yeah, like I more do. athletic. I know. I don't know that he's they're a, audience. He's a sleek Merlin Olsen. Merlin Olsen. Look it up, they know kids. Merlin Olsen. Yeah, ask your... <laughs> if you're tasking me, There's not an 11-year-old boy alive who doesn't know who <laughs> Merlin, Merlin Olsen is. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, it's, it's accurate. No, because to Deacon Jones, so kids. Yeah. Back uh, there used to be the fearsome foursome. Uh, the, the, that was the fearsome foursome, right? It was, the Rams. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. it was, uh, four defensive linemen, yep. uh, two of whom were, like, couldn't be more opposite. Deacon Jones, who coined the term sack, would talk openly and lustily about maiming quarterbacks. And back then, NFL Films loved it, couldn't get enough of it. Deacon Jones just playing it up, you know, like he was committing legal battery on the football field. And then you had Merlin Olsen, like a, uh, like a, a the gentle, uh, big-hearted teddy bear of a dude um, who was also just equally good in the Hall of Famer on, on the field, and they played side-by-side. Side. He had an FTD endorsement, Merlin Olsen. Yeah. as a flower company. Well, even like on Little House on the Prairie, he played just Oh, that's right. Gentleman. He was on Little House on the Prairie. I forgot about that. Yeah, what yeah. was his name? I don't Probably know. Probably Merlin or something. Probably Merlin, yeah. <laughs> Strange. He was Mormon, right? He went to BYU. I don't know. I I'm think so. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um Christian Harris would be the answer to the question for me. I think Christian Harris has that. He's got that in violent, him. Violent, 
rip the head off the snake potential. It's in there somewhere. Started to show like Derek, itself. This I feel year. like Derek Stingley has discovered some of his. Uh, he started to assert a little bit more of a physical presence as the, as the year wore on. Yep. Which I get. I get excited about, but it also makes me nervous. I, I think the honestly the wild card here. Just like remember we were talking about personalities mm-hmm. the other week, and we realized like, oh wow. Damian Pierce is still on the team. He's yeah. probably one of the best personalities in the city of Houston, but we kind of forgot about him. Yeah. Like we were just starting to talk about who's like who could be the genuine, like most fierce dog on the team, and we didn't bring up Jalen Petrie. Mm. Like he's gotta he's gotta dig himself out of a hole. He man. does. Like this... he's gotta he's gotta prove a lot this year. No doubt. Um all right, Payne and Pendergast with you uh, as we work towards the uh, the top of the hour. Um Alex Bregman said something in his media session this week. I just flat out don't believe. I think he's lying. I think Alex Bregman is telling a lie. And we will have that lie, potential lie, for you coming up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Right, part of the reason I'm very excited for actual spring training baseball on Saturday is because I feel like every topic with the Astros has been about the fitness of the players. <laughs> Jose Abreu and his Pilates. And admittedly, I'm kind of fabricating Christian Javier's fitness as a topic because I think he was out of shape last year and he looks in better shape this year. Um, Alex Bregman, this has been a topic with him for a while just because he was so injury-prone a few years ago and then started to want to put on more weight. Alex Bregman met with the media earlier this week. I just flat-out don't believe this. I, I Like, I look at Alex Bregman. We saw him plenty of times during the offseason. We see him in pictures all the time around town. We see him at spring training now. Here's Alex Bregman on the shape that he's in, and he mentions a specific number as to how many pounds he's put on. Some years I'll put on maybe 15 or 10, but... Our job now is to, I'm, at, I'm right around like 204, 207, it fluctuates, but I'm trying to keep it as close to that for for the full season as possible. And um, last year I, I maintained really well. I was, I, I ended the year at like 196 or 7. And then the two weeks you take off during the offseason, you lose a little, little bit of weight just because you're just not in it and, and kind of relaxing a little bit. But as soon as we started training, boom, it, it got back on and I feel feel faster, stronger, and and um, obviously gain weight with that. You don't want wait, to gain wait weight and be slower and, and kind of stuck in the mud. You want to be ready to roll. Okay, wait. He was So he said he weighed between 204 and 207. Yeah, he said at some point he's put on 23 pounds. 27 pounds. 27 pounds is what he said? Okay. 27 pounds. Okay. So, that's, uh, so he said he – okay. I don't know. He they, that's what he weighed in 2018, 2019. He weighed to us. It's not like he's reached uncharted territory here or anything. But then he said he was down to 196 at, at the end of the season or in the like during so that the was season towards the end during of the, the season. season. Yeah, so that's 11 pounds lighter than where he is right now. Yeah. So he's claim he said I lost a little bit of weight in the off season. So he would have lost. Um, 16 more pounds after that and then gained it. I, I don't know where the 27 comes Bre- from. Bregman, and he had numbers last year that talked about the weight he puts on. I'm like, okay, where is he putting this weight? Because he looks exactly the same. And I, I know it's a baseball full. uniform and it's baggy just, and whatnot, but yeah. like, I feel like I feel like his flex is to come up with these fabricated big numbers about how much weight he's put on in the offseason. And meanwhile, he, I look at him on, and he looks the yeah. same. Well, no, he's only... He would be 11 pounds. He's weighed this weight before, and he's yeah. played at it. 
He would be 11 pounds heavier than where he says he finished last season. Yeah. Um, I don't know where the 27 comes from know. other than he's just – he's making, I think he's going to progressively uh, – like next year he's going to come in and he's going to say, yeah, I came in 37 pounds heavier. Yeah, I, I just – yeah. he, so here, my other takeaway is I would love to have the problem of when the season ends and I'm not working out for my weight to go down. He's like, you know, yeah. the season ends and you know you get off of your workouts a little bit, so you know you drop a few more pounds there. I'm like, you do? That sounds amazing. <laughs> I, you know, you go work on your salsa business. Nothing yeah. takes off weight like working in right. Tex-Mex, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, well, I guess not Tex-Mex, Southwestern cuisine. Yeah, dude. Since he's from Arizona. Yeah, Albuquerque. Yeah, so or New Mexico. Yeah. Me. Uh, this man, the maintaining weight thing sounds so tedious. Like where you yeah. go, like yeah, I was down to one ninety six, one ninety seven, and then I get a two hundred four, two hundred seven. Like if it's not divisible by five or ten, then it's just too much for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. did you have to do that in football? Like, did you have a target weight that you were like you had, you had to be like three like three eighteen or something like that? We well, have or? weight limits. Yeah, they just want you to. Usually, it's a matter of losing weight for most guys. Yeah. There's not that many guys that have to gain weight. Um, you know, it's a, it's the exception when you have to be a, a lineman who's supposed to be trying to gain weight. Yeah. They usually just have to have a weight limit. I just I just don't buy it when Alex Bregman says. But, well, when you're weighing when you're weighing in like you know, you know, weigh in a couple times a day, it's pretty easy to get a track on where you are. You weigh so in like, a couple times a day. Well, yeah. I mean, if I mean, there's scales and like you're you're around you're hanging around a workout facility all day yeah. long. You don't have to, but I mean, if he's concerned about his weight or whatever, you know, like when he comes in in the morning, he's going to oh. check his weight. So he's going to track it and you log it and it's all logged. I thought for you meant you had to when you were a player. You had to get on a no, scale. No, 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 no. Like, well, I mean, you do. Yeah. I mean, there's scales everywhere and yeah. there's just like, yeah. So it's just not that big a deal. Okay. Um, like if you imagine if there's a scale, like Sean, there's literally a scale, like you walk past the scale 20 times a day. Yeah. So like if there was one right outside the studio door. You're probably going to step on it a couple times. Would I? Right? I don't know. Yeah, you're going to you take a dump. You want to see how much it was, and so you, you got to do that. You got to weigh yourself after a dump. You got to weigh yourself after a big meal. You weigh yourself when you first get in there in the morning. Sometimes you get in the sauna and you want to see how much you lost yeah. in the sauna. Yeah, yeah. That actually would be a pretty good thing to put a scale outside the studio if we, as a team here at six ten, wanted to stay or get into to shape measure in dumps. some cases. Oh yeah, as part of it, I like that's. Honestly, like the biggest thing I could tell people who like lose weight and then yeah. you start to get off track a little bit is make sure you step on the scale every day. Have a, have like a, a, a do not cross threshold. When I you're like something's got to set off alarms. Like you don't want to be married to the scale. Yeah. But if you get on it, like let's say you've set yours as like Bregman's two oh seven. Yes. Like if all of a sudden one day you step on it, it's two eight. You're like, oh, all right. Well, I gotta I gotta dial back in. Yeah. I've lost uh, I've lost my way a little bit. Um, I don't know if I said something that is prompting this. Uh, Are you getting attacked online? No, I'm not getting attacked at all. Um, oh. I, I'm, but I'm getting, I, like on my Twitter timeline, I've got two of them, and now we've got one on the text page, which I know the text page is not driven by Siri or an algorithm. It's just people texting in. But for whatever reason, I've got like three Justin Jefferson trade to the Texans interactions in front of me right now. Oh, it must have been proposed by somebody. Maybe. And um, yeah. and i got to check trending. Maybe he's trending. Yeah, whatever the case may be. Well, there's at least... One Twitter account. I'm looking at this. Okay, Seth, if you don't want to sign Mike Evans, you're definitely not going to want to do these Justin Jefferson trades that are getting fired around right now. I'll read the one to you that's on my Twitter timeline, and then I'll read the one that's on the text page. Yeah. Vikings get the 23rd overall pick, a second-round pick next year, and tank Dell. No. And the Texans get Justin Jefferson. That is the one of the dumbest trades I've ever seen. Because you're, you're trading for the right to pay him $30 million a year. Right, right. This is a trade plus. It's it's Laramie Tunsil, you know, like you're trading plus you're paying a guy, which is fine um, if it's something that you feel like is just that big of a keep in. The te- the, this is one thing you have to realize, too. The Texans already made their marquee trade, and it was for one Will Anderson. That's right. Like, as far as, like, trading a whole bunch – for one dude, and now you get to you get to you get him on a rookie contract. Like, and it it had to work out. If it hadn't worked out, it would have been a horrendous trade. But so far, so good. Um, yeah, I think that uh, like a, a Justin Jefferson trade is a tricky way. It's almost like of paying a premium to also get a free agent. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. I mean, look, the, trades like this are happening. You know, like and maybe not to this extent that the, the hypothetical I just read, but AJ Brown to the Eagles that helped them. 
Devontae Adams to the Raiders. He's been good for them, but they haven't been a good football team. Um, Tyreek Hill is probably the biggest one, that a, a trade that looks like that, which is the Dolphins trade a bunch of draft picks, get Tyreek Hill, and they pay him a bunch of money, $30 million a year because the Chiefs didn't want to pay him. And then that's made the Dolphins, at the very least, a really, really dangerous offense. I don't know if it's made them a great football team. It has not so far, but it's worked offensively. Is, is there Are the Justin Jefferson trades fueled by uh... – a belief that the Vikings definitely would franchise would would trade. Him? I guess if they if they can get a quarterback is what they're hoping. So like I I don't know I don't know if the I don't see where the Texans necessarily would be even in the the same market. Well, I I think some of it is fueled by the Vikings being a team that traded Stefan Diggs a few years ago. So they've shown yeah because Stefan Diggs wouldn't shut up about wanting to get traded. Now you realize in Buffalo like wow everybody hates Stefan Diggs in Buffalo too. Right right. But Do people hate Justin Jefferson? I don't know that they hate Justin Jefferson. I, and it's probably a different dynamic. I don't know that the Vikings want to pay him. I think it's yeah. part of what it is. So it's, it's That's th- stupid. Right. So, but Agreed. But the, the Vikings have shown a willingness to move on from a, a top-tier wide receiver before. I think it's a point people are making. The one that's on the text page I think is even dumber than the one I just read. Sorry, texter. <laughs> Texans should be pursuing Justin Je- I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to call you dumb, texter. It's just a dumb trade-off. You're probably smart. Um, Texans should be pursuing Justin Jefferson. The Vikings have shown willingness to part with top wide receiver for picks in order to rebuild. I agree with that part so far. And Jefferson said he won't resign there without knowing who is going to be the QB. That's what also is fueling it, Seth, is that Justin Jefferson said he's hoping Kirk Cousins comes back. Here's the offer. Two firsts, a third, and Nico Collins for Justin Jefferson. Oh, God, no. No. (laughs) <laughs> like, why are you throwing Nico in there? Like, it's no, it's two firsts and a third, and then I got to think about that. It's not two firsts, a third, and Nico. Like, plus, but yeah, look, the trade for Stefan Diggs, for instance, was one that, like, they were at a point where they needed to figure out what the hell do we even have in Josh Allen. You know, like, we, uh, okay, we got to, yeah. this guy can throw it a country mile, but doesn't have deep ball accuracy. He would later develop that accuracy, which was a nice bonus. Sure but would. they needed to get somebody that could get wide ass open and have enough of a radius to, for, for one of those scud missiles to land back that, that Josh used to throw. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, no, I, I'm not in the market for a Justin Jefferson trade. I'm whatsoever. not in the market for a trade of draft capital for the right to pay a guy. Um, not at wide receiver, not with what yeah, you have with the Texans yeah. is young, with young wide receivers right now. Even with obviously Nico's going to have to either get paid or not paid within a year. Okay, but. I, I got to find out what the hell's going on with John Lopez here. John Lopez just walked into the studio yeah. and he's got his headphones ready to be put on his head here. They're ready. And he's listening to what you and I are talking about. And he starts doing this thing where he's strutting like he's ready to walk into some late 70s disco and just attack the room. Nah, man. Uh, Full full disclosure. I got to find out who who did this song. Uh, Landry's playing a beat in the other studio. Oh, is that what you're doing? Yeah, man. Okay. I I thought for sure you were going to take the side of people who are looking to trade for Justin Jefferson. No, 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 no. I was getting jiggy. Oh, okay. You were. <laughs> you were indeed. Can um, you still get jiggy? Uh, I, you and I can, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, no, we were just going through. For whatever reason, I was just telling Seth, like, the text page and, like, at least two tweets that just popped up on my timeline. Kind of like when I mentioned, like, a hoodie and all mm-hmm. of a sudden I've got three hoodie ads on my Instagram. Oh, yeah, thing. yeah. Picks up I must everything. have said the words Justin Jefferson, or at least somebody did. And there's all these Justin Jefferson trades for the Texans on my timeline right now. Justin Jefferson. Yeah, you're gonna. You're about to I'm get talking hit. Into you're my about phone. to get hit by fanatics for jerseys for Justin <laughs> exactly, Jefferson exactly. on your Instagram. Yeah, uh, I know you're of the aggressive mindset offensively in free agency with the Texans. Yes. But even you, I would say, would not be of mind to ship out valuable draft capital for the right to pay a market. No, you don't have to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you don't have to. That, that, that those days are gone, and and. and it's funny because uh, I was actually looking at some stuff before the show today. You know, I occasionally do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's a good job by you. And, uh, you know, when you when you start to realize that of the five teams that have more cap space than the Texans, two are in your own division. Yeah. It, it kind of almost makes you think. Who are they, Colts and Titans? Colts and, Colts and Titans. Okay, I knew the Colts did. Uh, it it kind of makes you think, you know, defense is the best offense, and it also helps your team and all that stuff. I mean, I'm I'm all in on uh, on spending other people's money. Yeah, no, yeah. you are. That's yeah. very clear. I'm not worried about the Titans. The Colts having that amount of cap space, I, could, I guess semi-concerns me. I, I don't know what the hell Anthony Richardson is at this point. Right. That's the thing for me. 
is I just don't know what they have at quarterback. Like the Titans, Titans can have a hundred million in cap space for all I care. Like until they find a quarterback, they're sunk. Correct. Yeah. No, no, I, I agree with you, but they can they can certainly sign free agents. They can. And yeah. and the other thing about the Colts is you know this is what is frustrating to me. Just the whole mindset collectively, and I know I'm generalizing, but the whole mindset collectively of a lot of people is well, you can't spend that much money. Well, the Colts could sign Pittman. They could sign. Uh, who's the other one? They have Moss, mm-hmm. and still go out and get a free agent. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. So the, so it's not like it, the, the mindset is what bugs me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want aggressiveness, not willy nilly. Mm-hmm. You know, not free spending, mm-hmm. but spending. Yeah, you can now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm more a defensive guy, mm-hmm. but um, but I would get excited if the Mike Evans tweet popped up. Oh heck yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um text message we're getting a lot of astro texts uh, jeremy pena what about his swing change we need bagwell to be our hitting coach i think even bagwell would say i don't <laughs> he's not a hitting coach yeah, <laughs> yeah. did you see his stance <laughs> he is not a hitting coach <laughs> have you considered squatting <laughs> yes. dude? Like you're afraid of pooping on your ankles here's That's what you uh, need to yeah. do jeremy spread yeah. your legs as wide as you can right and squat no, down. he does they are now people have like Brett, uh, like like a lot of Astros have credited um, Bagwell for just like little tips that he's given him and everything. And he does spot a lot of things as a um, you know as a guy that knows what he's educated talking about. baseball more, more guy. so the approach educated yeah. baseball it's, guy. It, yeah, yep. it's not like yep. he actually wanted. It's not like he wanted that stance. It was just something <laughs> that he like he worked his way into out of necessity. Um, I the, yeah, the biggest thing about Bagwell is like if he wanted to be the hitting coach, he could be. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I feel like Bagwell can pretty much have any. Dude. I get the sense that Bagwell could tell Jim Crane, this is exactly what I want to do. And Jim Crane would be like, okay, okay cool, Bagwell. Why would he be yeah. the hitting coach? That would be a demotion from what he is right now. <laughs> Nobody goes from general manager to hitting coach. <laughs> That's true. Come on now. All right. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you. This is Crosstalk brought to you by DNM Leasing. You're listening to KLT. KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station. Uh, Seth, uh, antibodies to you. I'll see you tomorrow at 6 a.m., my friend. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 